to that time of the week again. It's flat out RC time. Welcome back to the podcast that talks all things radio control flight. We're talking radio control planes, helis, and drones. My name's Andrew Sill, coming to you from the land down under in Melbourne, Australia. Big thank you to everyone who's listening in from around the world. If you're local, if you're from the US, welcome. Good to have you on board with the Flat Out RC movement. Well, what are we talking today? Well, we're talking a bunch of different things with a, a guy by the name of Mark Tatty. Uh, Mark is an avid aero modeler and has a penchant, you could say, for turbine jets. So we're going to hear about some of his uh, awesome models that he has in his hangar plus a lot more. But uh, before we get to that, let's have a look at what's been on my mind. First of all, a couple of reminders. Don't forget, uh, it is event season. This weekend, the Echuca Moama Aero Modelers Club uh, has their Fun Fly event. If you're in uh, Victoria and Australia, the Echuca Club this weekend is the place to be. I'm hoping to get out there on the Saturday, uh, weather permitting and everything else permitting. Uh, I, I'm hoping to be down there. Uh, but uh, the Echuca Moama Aero Modelers Club has their their annual fun fly. So see if you can get on down there. Um, I think they've got camping at the field. They've got some pretty good facilities down there. It is a state field. So all are welcome for their annual fun fly event. Jump onto Facebook, I reckon. I don't have Facebook open in front of me to give you the exact name, but I know it's the Echuca Moama Aero Modelers Club. I think that's what it's called. Some of these club names, some say Aero Modelers, some say, I don't know, have some other fancy things that I can never, never remember. Anyway, uh, and then, of course, the other big event that's coming up is the Festival of Aero Modelling. Um, going to be held in Casino. It's the Joe Nile of the, the Australian Joe Nile that is happening. Um, I was talking to Dave. I saw David Gale and Tyson Dodd. They're both involved in organising the event. Uh, I saw them at the Wang Jets event, which I'm going to tell you all about very shortly. But uh, they were telling me about the events going, going ahead nicely. And uh, got registrations coming in. Don't forget to register for the Festival Aero Modeling. You've got to get onto the Land Down Under Aerosports um, webpage. It's LDU Aerosports, I think it is, uh, .com.au. Of course, I don't have my computer open in front of me. And you go to their events page. Uh, and when you go to the events page, you'll see the registration for the uh, for the event, Festival Aero Modeling. Uh, and they're going to have everything there. There's going to be some great models there. I know there are people from Victoria, even from people from WA that are traveling across to it. In Casino, which is, it's going to be, that's where the the next world champs, F3A world champs are going to be held. Uh, not too far from Queensland. Um, it's in New South Wales. Closest airport is Ballina, Byron Bay area. Um, not a, It's about an hour and a quarter drive or something from Ballina. Not even that. I think it's 45 minutes. I can't remember. Anyway, have a look at Google. You'll see where Casino, Casino Airport, that's where it's being held. Don't forget to register for that wonderful event that's coming up. Now, speaking of events, uh, literally today I got home from Australia's largest turbine jet event, the Wang Jets uh, event. It's a four-day event held at Wangaratta Airport, hence the name Wang. Wangaratta, shortened to Wang. Uh, held at Wangaratta Airport four days, as I mentioned, um, and jet only. And it's been going on for many, many years now. And um, I do, I did shoot a video, and it will be coming. So you'll you'll find out more about the event and and some of the goings on. They, they, I'm not going to divulge what happened to me 
a lot of people that spread through the grapevine, but you have to get onto the Flat Out RC YouTube channel and uh, you'll see the video comes out and then I'll talk more about what you'll see in that video. Uh, but it was an awesome event. You always you never know what's going to happen from a weather perspective. Um, but the Victorian Jets uh, Association, VJAA, again, there's double A. Why can't it be just VJA, Victorian Jets Association? No, it's Vic Jets, maybe Aero Modeling Association, something like that. Anyway, the VJA put it on under the uh, the leadership of Paul McCarthy and Greg Escort and Carl Bison and um, you know, the rest of the committee. Um, Clark Williamson, who did a good job as well. Uh, a lot of good people did uh, a put in a lot of effort to put that event on and make sure it was going to happen. You know, it's pretty hard to get events organised at full-size airports, uh, but Wang Jets is just phenomenal. And it's not just about the flying. It's the fun that we have having dinner and a few drinks with each other and having a chit-chat um, after after hours is just, just as much fun as being at the airport. And, uh, and as I said to some people today, it's all about just making memories and we made a whole bunch of great memories that we'll remember for many, many years to come which makes our lives very fruitful, I believe. And so um, some really nice jets. And as I said, it'll be on the, the Flat Out RC YouTube video that will come out. I've already started editing it, but um, there's a lot of footage to go through, so it uh, might be a slight delay. It might be out by now if I pull my finger out. But, uh, you know, I took Friday off work. Yes, I work for myself, but I still took Friday off work to go to Wang Jet. So I'm sort of a day behind from a work perspective. So that has to come first, gentlemen and ladies. Uh, so... Uh, but what else can I tell you about Wang Jet? Some awesome models. Um, you know, we had um, Steve Wilcox with a uh, couple of great models. His big, uh, big BAE Hawk, and uh, also his Starfighter F one hundred and four, which I think won Pilot's Choice. Yes, it did. Won the Pilot's Choice Award. Uh, but um, there was an F one hundred and eleven, a new F one hundred and eleven that was phenomenal. L L thirty nines were good. Love seeing them. Uh, plenty of Viper jets, plenty of Excaliburs, um, quite a number of Hawks. And then we had the good thing to see with that event is we get people from all around Australia going to it. So we had the well-known Gahl family. We just had David Gahl on the podcast and his son Aaron and wife Cherie were there. The Dodds were there from Queensland Tyson and uh, Jordana and Macklin Dodd was there. What a champ Macklin Dodd is. He's a 12-year-old kid that's really going places in aero modeling, getting some skill up there. He was out there flying his boomerang xl uh turbine jet and doing a good job at that and uh he'll appear in the video um he was in the video i think last time i did a video at wang jets uh he was there but um it was good to see see all of them come down people from south australia people from new south wales of course and of course the uh, victorian turbine community came out in force as well but um look if you're into jets you've got to pencil in it's normally late march early April, uh, they're thinking about maybe they might move it back a week or so, um, but stay tuned. Um, get onto the Vic Jets uh, Facebook page. Uh, then you'll know when the Wang Jets is coming up for 2023, but pencil in your calendars now because it's a damn good event. I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I'm a bit down. Watch the video and you'll see why, but a bit tired because we had a big night last night enjoying each other's company. Uh, got introduced to a new sort of uh, spirit called a mini beer. Um, I'd like to thank David Gahl for introducing me to the mini beer because um, it's now one of my newfound favourite drinks. You can, we had a few of them to just make sure that 
they tasted okay. And they did. Uh, but, um, yeah, it was just good to see everybody make that effort to bring their best jets. And, and this morning, this is a Sunday evening that I'm recording this, um, Sunday morning, weather was really clear still, and the flight line was red hot. Four to five planes up in the air. No, four planes, I think we had as a maximum. Four planes in the air at a time, just, you know, ripping it up. And, gee, some good pilots there as well. So I'm tired, but oh, had such a good time. Can't wait for 2023 Wang Jets. Can't wait. Now, speaking of jets, uh, it's guest time. And, and our guest this week is Mark Tatty. And Mark is a jet guy. And I, I saw him and spent some time with him at the Wang Jets event. And um, uh, you'll hear about this wonderful model that he's got. I'm not going to give it away now. But um, Mark's been in the hobby for a long time. So has his dad, um, which one day we'll get him on the on the podcast as well. But uh, um Loves his aero modelling, really committed to it, and uh, as I said, he's um, got a really nice jet. So let's just get to it. Here's my chat with Mark Tatty. Well, I'm recording this interview just before the Wang Jets event, but I know that you're probably listening to this after the Wang Jets event. And but one of the the big highlights of the Wang Jets is an aero modeler called Mark Tatty. And stay tuned to see why. Mark, thanks for joining me on the Flat Out RC podcast. No worries. Thanks for having us, Andrew. Well, I'm setting the scene so for a big story to come, but let's just hold on to it. Yep. Let's start with your journey in aero modelling. Where did it begin? Well, journey in aero modelling. Um, uh, well, I guess as a young tacker, it started out on uh, RC cars uh, and boats. And then uh, my father, uh, Gary, he, um, he studied for his pilot's licence um, when I was... Uh, you know, just a uh, teen or, or 10, 11. So I grew up sort of watching dad sort of uh, in and out of aircraft, used to go for a lot of flies with him and uh, just got the bug back then for full size. And then, of course, he flew models and I used to go to the field and watch him fly the models and uh, just got the, uh, as I said, got the bug at a very early age. So I guess uh, it's thanks to him while I'm so passionate about it. Um, I'm a full-size pilot myself, so uh, also, so... Yeah, just love it. And I guess probably nine or ten, I guess, into aero modeling. So where where did you fly? What club were you at and where did I fly? I joined uh the Lilydale Aero Club. Yeah. And uh done a bit of flying with Steve Green out there. Yeah. Uh another chap by the name of Graham, forget his last name. He uh sort of took me solo uh once and then after that I sort of went down with dad one day and um um on my sort of second flight and just started flying so and just loved it and what kind of what kind of plane what was your first plane that was a uh sukhoi a, a, a sukhoi uh, yeah sukhoi 29 yeah what was your first plane yeah no, was, oh actually that was the first plane when i sort of got right into it where the very first model i built was a tiger 60 okay, but yeah, um yeah. i didn't fly that for a while so um yeah so you learned on the sukhoi I learnt on a uh, just a, a Sukhoi, like a um, a stunt plane type thing. Oh, that's a classic. That's yeah. the best one. Uh, you know, this is episode number ninety five, and I've never heard of anybody learning on an aerobatic plane. But well done. Um, I <laughs> think someone did try to buy a, a a Mustang or something like that, a Warbird as their first plane, but that ended up Ooh. in tears. And so, yeah, did, I'm sure. How did you find that pro- that progression in in your flying, starting at such a young age? Did did you progress pretty quickly? Honestly, um, after sort of watching it, growing up, watching it, watching the full size, going for a lot of flights with uh, my father there, um, I got to say it sort of come very quick. 
Um, I got cocky very quick, so uh, certainly dinged a few models, but um, just sort of uh, learnt, just really wanted to know where the aircraft stalled, how I could fly it, how I couldn't fly it, and um, sort of kept pushing the envelope with it and um, sort of learnt fairly quick by, um, you know, sort of pushing myself, I guess, yeah. Okay. And did you gravitate towards some, uh, you know, one particular style of flying, like into aerobatics or, you know, scale or what was it? Okay. So my, I guess the style for me was I, I didn't always have dad there to uh, fly us down to the airfield as he was working. So I actually, um, I'd actually go down the road to a strawberry field and there was just enough area in between the strawberry field to get, or back then the Tiger 60 off the ground um so i just get this thing off the ground and it was always a pretty uh, ugly landing but um uh, for me it was just picking anywhere i could fly at that time and um having a crack and you know nine times out of ten had a lot of fun other times you know had to come home and do a few repairs but uh just had the bug where i just couldn't wait to go to the airfields um flew at a, quite a few uh football ovals at the time and uh, learned to sort of land it, you know, in a uh, in a circle type pattern. But um, yeah, it's always tricky. I, I have a lot of a lot of trouble flying it like a, a football oval, where you fly mm. around in circles, kind of thing. I don't know how people can do it, but um, I suppose it'd be good training. Yeah, way, it takes it? a practice. It takes a bit of practice for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you've been, you know, I grew up at a flying club kind of world. Did all my flying at a flying club, and so everything was sort of out in front of you, flying along. Right. But um, but okay, and. Uh, so then as you progressed, uh, I know that you're a man of many talents and many hobbies. Um, always ask this question. You're heading towards your teenage years. <laughs> did you get into cars and things like that or what happened? Oh, I certainly did. Uh, <laughs> teenage years, uh, 13, 14, uh, bought my first uh, car, which was a two-door LJ Tirana. Oh. Uh, got the bug also with cars. So started, uh, Dad and I spray painted that and got it going. Um, and then by the time I got my license, I was into the Ford Falcons, XDs, XE Falcons. Oh, you bogan. Um, you, so, you know, yeah, no, that's it. Spent uh, pretty much all my wage for the next two, three years on the cars. But, um, you know, soon learned you don't get that money back. And uh, But I had a lot of fun. Uh, and in between, you know, wherever I could, uh, you know, get into um, fly the aircraft, you know. So you always say that this podcast is like a, a social study. And mm. we always see these trends. That's why I ask some of these same questions because people like hearing, you know, what happened in yeah. the teenage years. And yeah. the amount of us, literally 90% plus, got into cars or boats yeah. or motorbikes. And Absolutely. fishing also fishing also appears in there as a, yeah. a lot. And so this is why I always say to the MAAA, if you're going to advertise, know exactly who you need to advertise to. But um, right. it's something about boys and cars because I've, I've always I've always been to cars myself. So uh, for sure, you know I'm, I'm one of the gang. But uh, but yeah. it just there's something about it. But have you noticed now, like back when we were younger, when it came to cars, it was something that had a bit of go. You know, put a V8 in. If you had for a sure. V8 in it, oh, it was like heaven. But now Absolutely. now it's four wheel drives, and hotting them up and lifting them up, putting big mud tires so they can drive down the road and make a lot of noises from the tire. Noise. That's right. And um, yeah, it's just blowing my mind how many full drive utes that the young kids are getting into. Yeah, that's it. It's very, very different, isn't it? I mean, back in those days, also, yeah, we had V8s. I had a an XD three hundred two, 
uh, and it was a big, heavy car and yeah. very thirsty. So you had that nice feeling of a V8, but, you know, you couldn't, uh, you know, like a your standard sort of sports car, like an XR6 type thing, you can get yourself into a bit of trouble with those things, yeah. especially inexperienced. So uh, I think uh, a lot of the kids I spoke to, they, they get into the four-wheel drives to, uh, you know, get off the ground, so to speak, and yeah. uh, to be able to sort of venture out doing some camping rather than, you know, doing uh meeting up at mcdonald's or uh or <laughs> doing yeah, somewhere chap laps that's it chapel street that's laps. it yeah. yeah that's what we used to do i used to go yeah, meet I've up done with that once. yeah yeah well we used to like go down to, if you if you're listening from out of town there's a street here that used to be popular it's not as popular anymore called chapel street in paran yep. and uh i used to go there with my mates and we'd just go if any one of us was trying to think about what car we wanted to buy next we'd go let's go to chapel street get a coffee sit on the uh sit at a cafe right. and watch the cars come past and go well, that's, that's not it. bad what about that one yeah. <laughs> That's it. Most of them were VL turbos. <laughs> oh, not the VL. I've got. There's a friend of mine that's got a, had a VL turbo, and I've got a photo on my phone saved as favourites of him doing a burnout, one wheel burnout, <laughs> I think, with his VL turbo, <laughs> looking out the window. Anyway, oh, enough of the cars. So then, so you, but basically, you, you did keep the flying going though through that phase. Maybe not as much, but you were still flying. It sounds like. I certainly did. Whenever I sort of got a chance, if I met someone that was into it, uh, drag out whatever I had, and I'd sort of fly with them. But um, also, um, just after I got my P's, uh, 1996, um, um, I was just sort of um, early 20s. I went for my um, PPL, my student pilot's license, or student pilot's license down yeah. at Moorabbin Airport. Oh, yeah. So Which um, that was flying good. place did you, where did you get it from? Sorry? Who was your instructor? Where were you at? Uh, Tony Rojak uh, from uh, Peter Binney Flight Training. Oh, yes. Yeah. My, my brother so, was at Troy Aviation down there. Oh, really? Okay. During that time. Yeah. And then uh, he left and then John Pazis uh, took over and he uh, done my check ride there and got my student pilot's license and then uh, uh, didn't continue it from there. It was a little bit, um, uh, wasn't ready to give up the nightlife and the uh, party life, so to speak. So I thought, you know, I've come this far, I got the student license, I'll do a bit of flying and unfortunately uh, gave that in. Um, and then what? three or sorry two years ago just at the start of um the uh silly lockdowns there i started it back up again and i've now a um a um recreational pilot with Lillardale airfield excellent so, what, yeah what, what planes was, are you flying out there um flying the uh, jabaroos and oh, yeah. i um purchased my own which is a Eurofox. Oh, cool. Eurofox two seater, so uh, I love it. I don't get a lot of time to fly it just now, busy with work and all. But so that's a light yeah. sport aircraft, isn't it? It is a light sport aircraft. Oh, yes, cool. two seater. You know, well, see, there's a whole gang of uh, RC modelers now into uh, these light sport aircraft. We've got uh, Scott mm. Matthews, Craig Bavery's flying as well. That's right. But um, yep. yeah, I do love, I do love the light sport aircraft. Well, my good mate Edo, rest his soul. Um, yes. He was selling the uh, the Aeroprac, the Foxbats, and um, I went That's up right. in one of those, and, and my vision was to get my license. He was going to teach me because he's got an instructor's mm. rating, had an instructor's rating, and but anyway, I think that the whole plan's been put on hold after his uh, yeah after his passing. Yeah, the Foxbats now are at Lilldale Airfield. They've given up the Jabaroos, and oh, have uh, they? the Foxbat fleet from Moorabbin Airport was purchased over there. Oh so, no, yeah. did they buy the Soar Aviation <laughs> planes? Exactly. Yes. Okay. Just uh, apparently they're a great. They're a really good trainer. They, they are. They're trainer. an excellent plane. Yep. But I'll tell you off air about Soar Aviation and those planes. 
Yeah, I've heard little, a few yeah. little stories. Uh, yeah, they're they're excellent aircraft, though. They're um a great training plane. I, I flew in, I flew in one, and um, yep. did a video with Edo flying it. But um, yeah, short take. Yeah, wow. Plane, but your plane looks really nice as well. Similar kind of kind of concept. It is. It is uh, two seater. Um, let's see uh, oh, glass cockpit. Uh, yeah, I'm full glass. Now. So. I basically intercepted that build. Um, I rang uh, Tony there at Horsham Aviation and asked if he'd had, if he got one, or if he knows one, one for sale. But uh, he said, "Look, I'm, uh, I'm actually having one built now for, um, for the, um, for the airfield." Yeah. And then I said, "All right, now if you hear something, give us a buzz back." And he called me back a week later, and he goes, "Look, you can have the one I'm building if you want. You know, I'm in the business of uh, selling them for you, so you know, you take over the build." So I took over the build. Um, at a very early stage. So I was able to let the company know uh, exactly what I wanted in it. Um, and I chose the carbon fiber dash, full glass, autopilot, uh, fully loaded. It's just, it's a good, safe aircraft. That's, a very safe that's aircraft. That's really what you want, isn't it? Just brilliant. And, and you, are you keeping that at Lilydale? Uh, at a little yes, I fly at a little Yep, good airport. I, I could drive past it quite often. Actually, I saw yeah, right one of the yellow fox bats uh, when I was last past it. So, um, I love yep. the oh, question about Lilydale. This is just for me. Lilydale is um a, a small aerodrome out in the uh, near the Yarra Valley of uh, Melbourne, the wine country, and um grass strips. How many runways are there? One or two side by side? Oh, I think there is four. I should know off my heart, but there is four. There's two uh, long main runways, yeah. and then there's two uh, slightly shorter, narrower ones for the um, for the uh, training R8 aircraft. Okay, because so, it's, um, it's I always when I drive past, you know, as you enter the you know drive past the airport there near the runway, I always look now which is the runway that they're actually landing on because there's so many. But uh, yeah, that's I'll right. There's always a cross there marked on the one you can't land on. I think at the moment they're doing repairs to uh, the shorter ones or. Uh, repairs to sort of certain sections and uh we all use the the main runways but okay. um it's a really nice field and it's a beautiful place to fly out of wow it is a great great area to fly really oh, if you want to pick a spot to fly then uh through that yarra valley region is absolutely awesome now let's get back on track with aero modeling yes um and let's fast forward a little bit because i still want to get to the, the big the big story um right. so you you went you progressing were you flying what kind of planes did you were you purchasing in those younger years in your twenties and stuff like that? Uh, let's say um, uh, so. I had the the trainer type aircraft, high wing aircraft. Um, the uh, I had a few of the Sukhois there. Um, crashed one or two of them, but I just found them very aerobatic, uh, which I love. I never really got right into the aerobatics as such. Uh, I, I might do one day, um, but just love the way they sort of perform, love the way they fly. Uh, got a small P50, P51 Mustang I used to fly around. And, um, you know, once the electrics all started, uh, you know, got into a few of the electric ducted fan jets, uh, the little Vipers, etc. So, yeah, a fair few, a good uh, variety, you know. I stacked my Viper jet EDF last weekend. Um <laughs> Okay. I'm not what that happened? kind of person that hides my crashes, Mark. I like. Right. I'm a very open book. I've always say I've got nothing to hide because. Yep. I've got nothing to hide. So if anybody saw me at the Monty Tyrrell uh, Packenham Day, um, you probably witnessed me uh, stacking my EDF Viper jet. 
I did announce before I flew it, if this plane goes in, it's probably doing me a favour because I'm just running out of space to store planes. Uh, anyway, I was just doing a, a turnaround manoeuvre, just, a, you know, I, I'm not good with remembering names of manoeuvres. I know what they look mm-hmm. like. And I was doing like a, like a half loop coming back down to come back down sort of in the, in the other direction. And the ground it. came up really quickly. This jet didn't <laughs> sort of, the elevators don't have that much throw, I don't think, and the jet just didn't really want to come around <laughs> as fast as I thought it should and okay. um, plonked it in. And um, it was a very clean break down the, from the sort of the, in front of the wings to the nose came off, including the battery went with it. The, my, the battery was damaged. Someone said, oh, I'll just squash it back. It'll be okay. And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't <laughs> think so. But um, I'm going to get a new fuselage. I can get a new fuselage. Right nice. Because so, the wings are perfect. But if anybody thinks I'm hiding my crashes, no, no. Oh, I've had two recently. I launched an F5J glider into the back of my head, which I've mentioned many times in this podcast. And uh, now my EDF. But um, my proper okay. Viper jet will be okay, though. I'm going to be very careful without my turbines. So that's okay. So um, now that uh, mentioning jets, right? So yes. I know you as a jet guy. Tell yep. me about your journey into turbine jets. Where did it all start? Oh, right. So uh, I'll go back many years ago. How many is that? Maybe 16, 17. Uh, my father, Gary, he um, he started getting into the uh, turbine jets uh, with um, Peter Agnew and a few of the other guys. So they were some of the first guys to actually put the turbines in the jets and um, and sort of do a lot of testing, etc. So I used to go down to the airfield and watch them fly. And um, I ended up buying a, um, a uh, F4 Skyhawk and I uh, sorry, A4, F4, A4 Skyhawk. Um, and that was a, a 90 size piston ducted fan. And I bought an F86, a yellow aircraft F86 Sabre ducted fan. So, you know, I got my, uh, got my first sort of taste of jets um, through those. And then Again, you know, dad comes home and got a uh, new kit and he bought a, a yellow aircraft F-18 Hornet. Uh, ducted fan again, but uh, they were just getting more and more impressive and and bigger. And every time he'd be, bring one home, it'd be, it'd be like, you know, I can't, I can no longer build these things in the uh, back spare room. I've got to go out in the garage and build them. They were just getting bigger, you know. Um, and then uh, I pr- think pretty much had a break there for about three or four years. After that, and then ten years ago, I basically uh, something happened. Something just turned, and I I relit the uh, flame again for the the taster jets, and then just started getting into it seriously. And when we mean seriously, we mean seriously. Well, I bought it wasn't a, wasn't a very good choice, but I bought a uh, an XL Velox, which is kind of like an Excalibur, but yeah. uh, very slippery. Um, you know, just a very slippery aircraft. And I had a um, 80 size turbine on it, uh, flew it around, but uh, I just wasn't enjoying that. It was just a, it was just a speed demon, you know? So I then I've still got that thing. I pulled that to bits and bought a two meter Viper, yep. Viper jet, cut my teeth on the Viper jet. And uh, you know, I flew that around for about two years, but um, I was just having quite a lot of dramas at the field. I must say. So just little errors in building. Because as you know, when you start building jets and everything all of a sudden now has to be spot on. You know, you've got multiple systems, air systems, brake systems, fuel lines, you know, and uh, you've got to build it spot on. Otherwise, you uh, you sit there most of the time working on your jets, you know. 
what was that? Um, so was it Skymaster two meter Viper Jet? Or it was. Yeah, it was. That was a yeah, lovely aircraft. Yeah, that's what I've got. A two meter Viper Jet. It does fly. Nice. It seem to fly well. I'm hoping to get some good flights in um, at Wang. But um, and what ended up happen? What happened with that jet? Uh, I sold that. Um, I sold that. I um, you know I had probably twenty flights with it only. And uh, it was starting to get to a point where I wanted to fly a scale military jet. And um, what did I get? I got this, the uh, Skymaster F-18 Hornet. Ooh, nice. uh, oh, sorry. Prior to that, I bought a, um, uh, an Avanti, a Krill Avanti. Yeah. And that was basically just a, uh, a go-to aircraft, uh, 166 uh, Jetsmont turbine. And I've still got that now and still fly that you know, every event um, and just, you know, just hone the skills on that thing. And it's just a incredibly reliable and brilliant flying aircraft. Uh, so I bought the uh, Hornet, um, built that up and it wasn't long. I think it was only one flight and sold it to put the money towards the uh, dream aircraft, which was the uh, Skymaster, the new Skymaster SU-30, which had only just come out pretty much. Mm. Um that stage also, when I will mention, I and I sort of um, had a little bit of advice here and there on building. A good friend of mine, Damien Mould, actually offered me uh, to uh, build the aircraft and help me out. So, um, and if you know, I'm sure you know Damien. He's a very meticulous yeah. builder and flyer. And uh, i got to say, it sort of changed the way I, um, I sort of conducted myself at the airfield and flew, where I wasn't working on jets anymore. I was concentrating on flying because mm. uh, he builds a jet right. And uh, now with this SU-30, I've had just over 20 flights and it's just the best thing. Um, it's, it's just the best aircraft ever I've ever flown. And it's, uh, it's just getting better and better the more I learn about it, you know. Yeah. So this now tell us about this Sukhoi because this is just not any ordinary model. So it, it certainly isn't. Tell us, give us, you know, don't be afraid to tell us things like the size and all that kind of stuff because people will be, be surprised. Yeah. All right. So uh, off the top of my head, I don't know uh, uh, precisely, but it's um, once it's all set out, I think it's over three and a half meters in length, probably four meters in length. Mm. Uh, it runs uh, two twin 210 Jetsmut turbines. I believe it weighs about uh, 36, 38 kilograms. Correct me if I'm wrong there, Damien. Um, and um, as I said, Damien's uh, built it and um, I've had it weathered also by Damien and um, um, a few other guys. Um and it's just, it's just fabulous. I just keep, um, uh, you know, sort of weathering it and um, making it exactly the jet I want, which is the uh, SU-30 MKM, which is a um, Malaysian aircraft. Okay. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what, this, I've seen this jet and it's the reason why I think it won the, the, the jet of the meet, didn't it, at uh, the Wang Jets event last year? It did, yeah. So uh, 2000, yeah, 21 uh, took the um, the concourse, the elegance trophy. That's why it was selected uh, to be on the 2022 flyer for the event was because that was uh, the amazing model of the event. So uh, so yeah. well done. It is, it is a phenomenal jet. 
it just is such an appealing jet. What's it like to fly? Oh, it's fantastic. Um, well, it took it certainly took a little bit to get my head around it because um, it's just a lot bigger than uh, the other aircraft. Where a smaller jet, you're you're sort of um, you're sort of operating behind it because it, they're so slippery. This thing is just it's it certainly doesn't have a lot of drag, but it feels like it does. It feels like a quite a heavy aircraft in the air. And you've got to really manage that power. And being such a large aircraft, uh, it's very easy to over, uh, you know, overspeed it, so to speak. So it took me at least 10 flights to be able to uh, know what speed to be flying this aircraft at comfortably. Okay, that's interesting. It's a, isn't it funny how when we talk about aircraft and flying them, how we can articulate sort of the feel that we get, which is through the sticks, mm. Like you say, Absolutely. it feels like a heavy aircraft. And I, 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 I equate that to when you go, like I'm, I love aerobatic planes. And so if yeah. I fly a smaller 30cc versus my 100cc, you notice mm. that difference. And even when I flew my Viper jet, people said to me, what, it's, what is it like to fly? And I said, a heavy pattern plane. Yeah, that's it. You know, it's got the precision, yeah. you know, or pattern planes are awesome, but you know, it's, got, yeah. it's got precision, but you can feel the weight in the way that it responds to the stick movements kind of thing. It certainly can. It's, isn't that it amazing? Like uh, we just don't have that physical connection to it. It's just through sticks that we can, we can still get that feedback. This thing feels just so tuned uh, in, in the sticks and just the way it's set up, the way it's balanced, the power plants, just, you know, it's just I can't rave on about it enough. It is almost like flying a simulator. Mm. Uh, but you know, you're, uh, you don't ever, you don't ever think you're flying a simulator with this thing. You've got to keep it flying, you know, yeah. but it's just brilliant. And I've only, I've just had a few more, um, little modifications done to it, um, by, uh, Ian Mills, which is assisting, um, uh, you know, doing some weathering and some sticks and decals and, uh, yeah, it's coming along really, really nice. Well, I can't Very wait to see nice. it again this weekend. Uh, and I know yeah. that I'll, uh, I am shooting a video, so it yes. could be out by the time this podcast comes out if I'm very diligent. Um, I might not be so diligent because I've got a lot of work to do. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but th- th- it will come out at some point in time. No doubt I'll do a bit of an overview yeah. with it and we'll have a chat about it. But uh, it's, it's, it's a phenomenal plane and uh, it's good to see. You know what? Uh, it's good to hear that you're continually working on it and improving it as well. It's like a, a work in progress all the time. It definitely is. I mean, it's sort of, uh, you know, the more I fly it, the more it sort of deserves that kind of respect. It deserves to be really shown off for for what it is rather than just, you know, taking a, uh, you know, the Skymaster SG-30 to a flying vent and just flying it around. It's just, it is that good. I love it. Well, you know what, you know what I love? I, I, you know, some people can think that it's a bit of an ego trip. You buy, you know, it, you know, it's not a cheap aircraft, no doubt, right? And and no. and some people think they go, oh, Mark's showing off with his jet. I love it when someone has a great model that they love and that they've invested time and money into. Yeah, and they bring it to an event to share it with everybody else. You know, when everybody stops, gets their yeah. phones out, goes to the flight line to watch the plane. That That's is right. just. And you know what I do? I I thank those people for giving us that opportunity where we get excited exactly. about something that is not. The run of the mill. Here comes another Piper Cub. I've got nothing against Piper Cubs, but at yeah. every event you go to, you're going to see a Piper Cub, and a yellow Cub's a yellow Cub <laughs> after a while. That's and right. so, what we crave, and this is not me. This is just, 
the data shows this, why is mm. it that when the, the highest viewed videos on YouTube are, are the weird and wonderful and the massive big planes, whether it be a 747 or something like that? That's what people want to see. I mean, I, I took this thing to... Um, um, Bansdale. Uh, down to Bansdale, and that was just brilliant. You know? oh, I was getting uh, great right. feedback. People, my mates were down there and they were ringing me up. Saying, yeah, oh, yeah, you should see, see how good it is. And I'm going, I've that's seen it brilliant. and it's phenomenal. Because it's just the detail that's in it. You know, and there's, yeah. you know what? It's one of those models where you can just keep on looking at it for, for 10, 20 minutes and find <laughs> something new. There's something else to look at. That's it. No, look, it's had a lot of uh, very fussy uh, hands and eyes uh, over it and uh, even more now as well. And uh, I've also put my partner, Lisa Cole, in there as a uh, co-pilot as she, every event I go to around Melbourne, around Victoria, she's always there supporting me and uh, helping unload and load. And uh, she's just great. And she's actually getting into it now and she wants to fly herself. So um, I'll get her on the buddy box. Well, yes, are you very lucky to have someone like that to come and support you? She's great. My she's wife does it. My wife does support me. She supports me out the door as I'm going. <laughs> I said that to Lisa tonight. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm just excited that you always come. And, uh, you know, that's why she uh, sits in uh, all my main jets, you know, as a co-pilot in there. Well, good job. And, uh, good job. So it's going to be fun. Uh, um, and, yeah, okay, as I said, this podcast is coming out after the Wang Jets. But uh, yep. how good an event is Wang Jets? Something special about oh, it. It's brilliant. It's just great. You just see uh, what models everyone's been working on, uh, you know, and it's um, it's a good social event as well to catch up with everybody, especially now or after the big sort of uh, break everybody had or lockdown type thing. It's going to be good to sort of see everybody again and uh, get back out there. And um, I'm glad it starts on a Thursday now because three days is never enough. The question for you without notice. All right. Yes. I don't want you to divulge how much you spent on the jet. And I know you didn't spend two grand on it, right? But always interested to know what drove you to invest significant amounts of dollars into something like a jet aircraft. Because obviously there must um, be a passion. We're going to assume that you can yeah. afford it, which is well done. But but you still have to hand that money over. What What was the driving force behind that willingness to spend the money on a model aircraft? I guess uh, from flying so many different types of aircraft in so many different types of scenarios and airfields at ovals, et cetera, uh, I've always sort of searched for that uh, one, you know, certain type buzz from it. Um, and to fly a, a reasonably large scale fighter jet like it's meant to be flown and the viewers can stand at a distance and actually see, you know, even some of the detail. It's, uh, it's that sizable. Uh, yeah, I just, it's, I love the challenge. I absolutely love the challenge of, uh, of uh, learning how to fly, getting my head around it and, um, you know, getting over the shakes. Um, yeah, it's just, I just love the challenge of it, you know. And this one now just is just found the aircraft. Just absolutely found the aircraft. Just love it. It's brilliant. I can 100% relate to that because you know, people said to me after I flew my jet and made my jet was the first turbine I flew, they said, oh, was that the best experience ever? And I said, well, it's another model aircraft. It's a different experience. Mm. And what I'm really looking forward to is flying this jet and putting on a good, I'm not saying that I'm a great pilot, but if I will claim to be the best pilot at the event. So expect me to say that to you, Mark, that I'm the best pilot at the event. But, <laughs> but 
fly that jet in a way that is appealing, that it, how it should be flown, and I'm looking forward to that journey of exploring that. I mean, people you meet also in the, while you while you're along that journey. I mean, I was always a um, a fairly sort of snappy flyer, and uh, again, uh, spending a fair bit of time with Damien Mould there, uh, he sort of helped me hone my skills and uh, just become a smoother, more uh, uh, sort of you know, karma flyer. Yeah. And uh, so you're not out there sort of thinking, wow, how, how's this landing going to go? I can predict how this landing landing's going to go because I know how to set up a good landing now or, uh, you know, know what sort of area or what box I want to fly in and what I want to do. So, uh, again, the people you meet, sort of some people um, are there to sort of share their little experiences and how they've, you know, managed it or done it better and, you know, you, you learn off different people, you know. That's one hundred percent correct, and I always encourage people to keep keep your ears open and feed off some of these other people because there's some really good modelers that you know that have that have yeah, been yeah. doing it longer than we have that have learned a lot oh, that yeah. we can we can do. Anybody that doesn't want to take advice from anybody, I'm. Mm. And you know what I found with the jet community at Wang Jets last year, oh, I couldn't have done what I did without the the, the, the support of some of the guys there. Yeah. and I said For to them, sure. guys. I'm a sponge. You tell me whatever. So, for example, when I flew, when I made in my jet, I had their yep. voices ringing through my ears of what to do, mm. and that was so beneficial. Absolutely. It is a definitely a, a very friendly, um, um, you know, friendly group of um, people that, yeah, definitely love sharing their experiences, et cetera, for sure. Now, the question for you um, that came up when I was talking to a friend the other day, um, he said to me, one day, or he said to me the other day, he said, oh, um, Peter Goldsmith, the world famous Peter Goldsmith once said that for every 10 hours of um, flying your turbine, you need to spend the equivalent amount of hours doing maintenance. When it mm -hmm. comes to like a maintenance regime on your jets, and as you said, there's lots of moving parts that lead to the success or failure. Absolutely. What what does your maintenance regime look like around, um, around your jets? Well, well, now, I mean, this thing's quite a decent scale. So, uh, and also having a uh, owning a full size aircraft myself, um, I consider I got a better understanding of what uh, what needs maintenance, and uh, especially at strips like Wangaratta, the uh, surface is quite rough there, so you get a lot of vibration. So I basically start from the ground up. I'll start from the landing gear, check it all, um, and just check all the little screws inside that uh, hold the ducting in and uh, hold the turbine down. Uh, check for where, uh, you know, rubbing in the fuel lines, um, uh, possible, you know, rubbing in the air lines that, uh, you know, because with these sort of models, you, you only have to have one air leak. Let's say in this thing in the gear doesn't come down and, uh, you know, it could be catastrophic to the model. You know, the, the gear has to come down on this to, uh, you know, for it to come home. But um, just it's it's probably a little bit now easier because it's so large because you can get it everything that you, ins you install. You can service everything in you, you install. So uh, one thing I noticed about Damien, the way he builds also, he, he builds it so you can maintain it. And I think I've learned that very seriously because I used to build the aircraft, but I'd jam it all in, I'd close it all up and then fly. And then something would go wrong and I, it'd just take me hours to find it. But I've learned now to uh, build it so you can get at it, you know, and maintain it. But um, 
it's just, you know, a lot of stuff rattles on these things and, uh, you know, every now and again, you need to check your Loctite in certain parts and because uh, sometimes very little, you know, very minor error, oh, you know, little breakdowns or air leaks can cause the model to crash. It's not, not normally big catastrophic things in the air. It's only one little thing that starts a chain reaction and, uh, you know, ends up in tears sometimes. But, yeah. Well, it's interesting. I uh, What you said about the Wangaratta runway is quite coarse. And uh, mm. that was one of my checks I did last Saturday when I got my jet out is I went under all the undercarriage and you'd be amazed at how loose some of the screws had become. Oh, yeah. And so <laughs> I literally grabbed the, I grabbed the screwdriver that I used, the right-size screwdriver, and I put it in my little turbine box of goodies yes. to bring yeah, with good. me and then yep. keep an eye on every couple of flights just – Get under the model and, and double check everything to make sure because it is it is quite um yeah coarse coarse asphalt that they've got is Mangalore like that as well that uh, is like it as well or is it a finer uh, which rock? one's that Mangalore. Mangalore I think it's a little finer yeah I think it's a little bit finer yeah yeah but, it's um, coarse on them at, at, at Wang but um some good tips having there. said that the wheels on this thing I think they're around about six inch uh, diameter oh, so it doesn't really doesn't yeah, really yeah it's not bad and the little vibrage is a lot smaller. Um, some good yeah. tips there though about um, building a model for maintenance, and that makes it makes a lot yeah. of sense. And and with some of these jets, you know, things can be hidden pretty easily. But uh, so when you when you which club are you flying at mainly now? Uh, which club am I flying at? Um, uh, probably the uh, Yarra Valley, where he flies Dixon's Creek. Um, although you know I've been quite busy with work, so I've just been doing some of the uh, jet events really. Um, and just a bit of park flying with, um, with the, uh, super easy and, uh, yeah, just looking at joining, uh, P and Darks there. Oh, uh, come and join the but, gang. So what is your go-to model for an average, um, flying day? Is it the Sukhoi or have you got another model? That's wow. Honestly, the, my go-to model now is the SU-30. Gee. If someone says you want to go flying, like this thing, this thing, uh, uses less, uh, ground um ground uh, uh like runway yeah. than the uh, avanti really a lot less yeah i can bring this thing in very Why? very short look it's you know if you watch uh, you watch a whole heap of uh su30 videos on the real on the full size thing mine hasn't got the uh, vector thrust but have a look at uh how the aircraft performs in the air uh, besides the uh, thrust, you know, characteristics, yeah. but it's just they, you know, the designer of that aircraft just put a lot of work into it. And it's just, you know, you'll see uh, some of the turns I do, uh, like quite slow turns, like it just does, it just won't drop a wing, you know, we'll touch wood, but it just uh, flies very slow. And um, yeah, it's just an amazing aircraft to fly. Really, really is. Do me a favour this weekend before uh, you go for a flight. Just warn me so I can come and film. Yeah, done. I'll do a flight so we can um, have some visuals to, to what you're talking about. But um, Yeah. yeah gee, you're a brave man. That's your go-to model. But uh, I'm glad it is. Yeah. I'm glad it is because I really love That and the Avanti. The Avanti has been great. What size Avanti's... is the Avanti? It's a big one. Oh, it's still a decent wingspan. Oh, it's the, uh, wow, 2.1 metre wingspan, I think. It's not the, not the XL version. It's just the standard uh, uh, krill. Avanti, uh, it's just brilliant. It's just a, a good, solid, all-round turbine aircraft. 
Um, as I said, I sold uh, a few jets and then uh, bought that just to get some good stick time because I was between, um, you know, breakdowns and little maintenance issues and building errors. I decided to sort of stop, uh, reevaluate, buy a jet uh, that is uh, that I can just fly and enjoy and hone my skills and then get back into the um, the scale stuff. Yeah. Well, um, where do you sit in, in regards to this next question, which is uh, I always say there's two types of error modelers. There's the error modeler that wants wants to own as many models as possible and therefore, you know, doesn't really necessarily always buy quality gear but just wants another, oh, I need to have a Mustang, oh, I need to have a Cub, I need to have this, et cetera, mm. et cetera. Or then there's the other oh, – just whack something on the floor. Um, uh, then there's the other spectrum, which is uh, end of the spectrum. That is uh, that is. Uh, I don't buy as many planes, but I buy quality planes. Which where do you sit yeah. in that realm? I must admit, uh, my back shed there is full of aircraft. It's full of foam aircraft, uh, gliders. You know, uh, the F eighty six yellow aircraft, F eighty six still out there. The A uh, four. So I was sort of that guy. I'd go to a shop and I'd see, uh, you know, a sort of different style foam jet and uh, I just wanted to try it out. But now, um, you know, after sort of having, you know, 25 at a time, I thought, well, it's time to sort of get rid of a few. So slowly chipping away, getting rid of a few. And, um, yeah, as you say, just sort of looking at quality stuff now that I can really enjoy. And uh, I think I found that aircraft that I just, I, just, I love flying this. Absolutely love flying it. It's a, it's a buzz. It's, it, I'm not sure if it'll ever become boring, but it, uh, at this stage, it, every flight's not boring. It's just incredible. Oh, you are in love. It's, you it's, are in love with that plane. Ah, I, I am. You'll, you'll, you'll see me rave about it all weekend. That's for sure. You've been attending a few events. Uh, what are some of your yep. go-to events that you, you like to, to participate in? Um, I uh, the Wangaratta jet event. I love uh, Mangalore. Is fantastic. Uh, for the first time, I'll admit, I went down to Bansdale and um, they've invited us down there for a few jet events there. And we basically take it in turn. So you, you've got the sky to yourself. And it's uh, not the first time, but, you know, it's quite a large airfield. So you don't have to worry about hitting trees or fences or anything. You can concentrate on flying and enjoy it. And, um, you know, that was, that's been brilliant. That's really honed my skills and allowed me to get to know the uh, the SU-30. So, you know, it's so far, you know, hands down, probably the best field I've ever flown at, I admit. And, um, you know, it's, it is a three and a half hour drive for me, but uh, uh, me and the partner, uh, Lisa, go down for a few nights, stay down there and um, go down over the weekend. But uh, otherwise, Wangaratta Jets has always been my favourite. As I said, it's a good social event. You catch up with everybody and, you know, fly during the day and uh, have a few laughs and a few drinks at night. Not too many drinks, though, but, you know, maybe a cocktail or two. Oh, we're not, we're not big drinkers. We are our modellers. No, 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 not at all. I've had a few guests on that used to tell me about the 70s where they'd be down at the um, police paddocks flying planes drunk and, you know, and everybody was drinking. Like literally it was, there was a drinking culture at the flying field, which we just can't imagine nowadays. But, no, literally they were drinking slabs of beer at the at the field. That's what you did. You went for a fly and had a drink at the same time. And that's amazing how things change. Now, you mentioned Damien Mould, who is a very well-known and respected uh, aeromodeler down here in Victoria. 
yes. building your jets. But do, do you like building planes at all, or are you more of a flyer? I certainly do. And uh, ever since I started my own business with my uh, father there, uh, I honestly just didn't have the time. I was, uh, you know, your own business. You've, you know, you're you're thinking about it nearly twenty four seven to keep it going. So uh, I'd go out to the shed and try and build, and I just couldn't. I just, you know, uh, and after the sort of maintenance sort of nightmares I had and a few errors that I'd done, I decided, you know, it's never, it's certainly never cheap getting someone else to build a model. But in the end, your, uh, my toolkit's tiny now. Where at one stage I was, uh, I was bringing quite a decent toolkit, you know, le- you know, heaps of glues, just everything to rebuild an aircraft. I'd bring it to the field. Now it's just a tiny little kit. And that's, uh, that's just so you can concentrate on flying because you, you, half the, you know, your half your flying ability, if you're worried about something going wrong in that aircraft, you're not going to fly it well. You're not going to fly it to the, uh, your true ability. But um, I still, you know, I put a few smaller models together, but uh, as far as the jets now, I certainly have uh, input in what I'd like to go in there, like electronics. Um, you know, Damien's uh, quite big on uh, what, what sort of surface area needs sort of uh, what kilo servo. So I'll leave it up to him. I fly a few Tarba there, which has uh, never failed me at all. So, uh, yeah, a lot less um, building and uh, just more sort of decision-making on what I want to sort of see. But uh, as I said, you do pay for it, but it's definitely rewarding in the end for me anyway. But I guess when I, when I retire, I might start back up building again. <laughs> I have my um, a yellow aircraft F-86 Sabre. And love them. I've recently, yeah, I've recently just purchased the Ramtec fan, brand new fan oh. pipe, brand new 91, and want to basically rebuild that. I've sanded it all back. I've started work on it, but uh, certainly running out of time. But I'd like to bring that back to its glory, but as a ducted fan, you know. I love the F86 Sabre. Oh, she's that good. It's such a good looking model. I just, it is. When it comes to more that, that, that the older style jets, that is my that is my favourite. It, it's just yeah. they always look special in the air. There's something about them. It definitely does. It's like great. We see a lot of you know F 18s now and things like that. Yeah. But um, like your Sukhoi, the Sukhoi shape is just enormous. That's beautiful. But um, it is. But Brilliant. when it comes to these F eighty sixes, I know that Philip Singer's got one. I don't know whether he's going to have it ready, but I know that he's got one, um, which I think okay. I mentioned when I interviewed him for the podcast, but so I'm looking forward to that. Again, I would live my dreams through through these other people. What's your, what's on your bucket list as far as models? You got any? Uh, bucket list. Well, you've got it. Well, I would like to, my next project, I would like to build a um, half-scale model of my Eurofox. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, right down to the pilot and my partner, Lisa, um, actually get you know the the characters made up properly and yeah. just you know uh have all the uh, onboard electronics all working but just a nice half scale Eurofox. is there and, a kit uh, around or would you have to get one laser cut or uh it'll be um these are like pipe like uh, tube and material oh, okay, aircraft yeah. it's a light uh, light sport so i build it exactly the same so I pretty much contact the company, see if I can get some plans and uh, downscale it, start from there and just, just copy mine, you know, and just have an exact replica. So that's what I'd love to do. I would love to see more models of light sport aircraft. For sure. Like the like the, the Aeroprac products, the Fox Bats and, 
and yep. and things like that because I just I, do you know what they'd fly so well as a model. Oh yeah, absolutely. You just look at it and you go, it's a perfect platform for a model. It is half scale would be massive. What's the wingspan of the full size? Oh, what's the wingspan of the full size? I yeah, I couldn't take off the top of my head. I should know, shouldn't I? Ten or twelve meters. Wait a second. I haven't got that written down in my notes. There, yeah, I think yeah. Gee, what kind of? I'll get back to you on that. One, but, wingspan. Um, I'm going to do this. Eurofox wingspan. What mode you got in that? It's nine one two is Rotax. Is that the turbo? No, it's not. But it's the first fuel injected. It's the IS, oh, so okay, it's the first yeah. fuel injected in the country in a Eurofox. So pretty excited there. Um, fuel burns uh, very very low compared to uh, the other models, but yeah, it's just well, brilliant. See, I always say to my parents, I'm very intelligent because I have Google. Uh, the wingspan is nine point one two five meters. There you go. So half scale is going to be. It's doable. Absolutely doable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, I like that. That is absolutely awesome. Um, and half scale, you can actually see the detail. You know. Yeah. So. Uh, it's that's yeah. really it's achievable. It's very very doable. Definitely. Uh, you have to worry about the weight though. You wouldn't get it. Want to get it too heavy? When you no. When you build. You want to keep it pretty light. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you use the right materials, it'll. I think it'll still be light. Yeah. Yeah. Good idea. So uh, yeah. when it comes to flying nowadays, how often do you are you normally getting out? Sounds like you're pretty busy, but. Jeez. Um, oh, I do a fair bit of simulator work inside trying to um, now get, now I can fly the aircraft, try and get a, a, um, a bit of a procedure, you know, a six to eight minute procedure. Um, so doing a fair bit of work on the simulator there. Otherwise, you know, once a fortnight I try. And then any, any jet event, um, um, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm down there with the SU-30 for sure. Uh, me and my partner there, we're geared up with our uh, Hyundai van, which I've managed to squeeze this thing in, which um, everyone will see over the weekend. It actually fits in with an Avanti in a uh, Hyundai wow. high-load. That is awesome. That's it awesome. is. Uh, it's, it's, it's taken a lot of work trying to get it uh, to fit in nicely without getting any hanger rash, but, uh, you know, it works. So we're going to start travelling around Victoria and maybe interstate, go to a few different uh, shows, you know. And, um, of course, always dreamt of uh, doing actual, you know, an, an air show, like some a local air show, oh, so to speak. They'd have you at a heart. Like all you do need to do is just offer your services and don't be afraid. Don't worry mm. about the ego trip and whatever. That, That's right. Like Lilydale has their air show. Go and ask them. Yeah. And just say, it. hey, I've got this massive jet. Do you want me to do a demo flight? Because we need people to do that to encourage people to model aircraft. We've got to put it in front of people. So the the tyre bear show would be phenomenal to see the plane flying there. I always say that the two things that excite people often are um, 3D helicopter flying because it's crazy. uh, Mm, It's crazy. And um, turbine jets because you've got everything. You've got the, the size of yours, the sound, the smell, the speed, the power, all that kind of stuff. It's a very... um. You know, it, it's something that that really appeals to the audience. You know, tintillation. It, it it really gets all the senses going. But it um it does. Yeah, please please go out there and Exciting. just approach them and uh, ask them. That's that, it. They're always looking for people to fill in gaps, so you can do that. That's right. Perfect. I've already spoken to Liddell Airfield, and uh, they've they have certainly welcomed it. So uh, just working on that procedure, as I said, and uh, getting everything spot on. 
because uh, as you can imagine, flying, uh, doing air shows like that, you're always you're flying around a lot of people, so you've got to yeah, you've got to be pretty precise. So, and um, yeah. Oh, and by the way, a four minute routine for a demo is perfect because I've seen some people go. do demos that go for like eight or nine minutes, and after the first four, you're going, okay, we've seen everything. Now you're repeating the maneuvers. So yeah, exactly. Get in and out, yeah. wow them, and then uh, do another flight in the afternoon, wow them again. <laughs> That's, That's right. How you do it. At the moment, I'm doing like a. Uh, you know, say a five, six minute, but even that, uh, you're, you're right. It does feel that little bit long, you know, so I'll try and fly the aircraft probably at Bansdale. I was flying it three to five times a day. Um, it might be a little bit less at uh, Wangaratta jets. I try not to fly it when uh, I try and fly it when sort of similar type aircraft are in the air, not sort of small darty aircraft. So, um, and I like to be able to hear my aircraft when I fly, it, you know, Right, but uh, yeah, looking forward to it. I do like what our uh, our colleague Paul McCarthy does when he flies jets and plays music out of his jetty radio. I love it. I love it. I, I, yeah, I'm always uh, you know standing beside Paul, vice versa, when we uh, fly, and uh, yeah, he's a very talented pilot, that's for sure. And yeah, I've actually got a little uh, speaker. I was I was going to strap to my side, but I, I haven't been game enough to do it yet. <laughs> What flying to music can do is actually relax you if you're nervous. Mm. Um, it takes your mind off, you know, what you're flying and whatever. Because I always say that we can fly. We know how to fly. When I flew my jet, I always, always say, I know how to fly. It's got ailerons, rudder, and an elevator. Mm. Be a bit mindful of a few extra points. But uh, once it's in the air flying around, as long as I keep the power up, she'll be fine. You know, she'll be bring yeah. it for landing and not bring it too slow and uh, plonk it on the deck and got a kilometre of runway, runway to go if I muck it up. So, uh, yeah, might be able to see. It. I've actually on that uh, sort of subject in the last when was it? Last two years, I've gone from um, being a, a like a full time stick flyer, thumb flyer, all my life. Um, once again, seeing a few people uh, fly uh, with their um, with their finger and their thumb, so the pinch mode. And I've actually adopted that uh, over the course of two years. So it definitely took a while. Um, it was, it felt very sketchy when I first done it, but the, uh, control I have now, a smooth control I have now over the aircraft's improved so much. Now there, because, you know what? hundred percent agree. Cause I do the same. I've moved from yeah. thumbing to pinching because I was chasing yeah. smoothness and precision. And you know what? Absolutely. Some people like Jace Ducey, the best freestyle pilot in the world, he's a thumber, but he, can, he, he, can, right. he can do it. Okay. But. I don't have that finesse in control using no. my thumbs that I get by pinching. And I no. use a tray. Yeah. yeah. I use a transmitter tray because my mate Edo taught me that. But I've done the same. I've moved over to a – it's kind of like a half tray. Uh, it's not a full tray, but, uh, geez, I love it. It's uh, improved my flying dramatically for sure. No. Uh, you and me the same. We're very similar. We, I've, I've looked yeah. at your Facebook page and we've got a lot of similar hobbies, so we'll have a chat after this. But uh, – um, maybe I can come and live with you. That'd be great. Thank you. Can we, <laughs> can we share the Sukhoi? <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll travel around Australia and do a, uh, do a few events. Oh, we at, could. Uh, all the model airfield. That'd be awesome. Yeah, in That'd the Hyundai cool. iLoad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it fits. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. I, I, sent you, I sent you a few photos there on, uh, yeah, on how it was packed. Oh, did you? Wait a second. Let me just go and have a look. Uh, uh, now, oh, there's your men's shed. Oh, is he in it? oh, yeah, yeah, gee. 
Crikey, that's a, that's, a, that's like um, what's that game? Tetris. Oh, it's Tetris. All right, it does work. But, uh, it, it, right down it, the middle, it, in between the seats, is the nose of the sukhoi. That's that it. Awesome. The only thing I can't do when uh, Lisa and I are communicating on the uh, long drives, we can't sort of see each other because the nose of the aircraft's there. Because uh, I mean, it hasn't even got the nose or the uh, the stinger on the tip, and it's it's from literally from windscreen to windscreen. It's that big. But uh, it fits nicely because I've never really been a fan of trailers. I tried them and uh, I just, um, one, I don't really have the room to store it. And uh, I just like that feeling of a, a van where I can, you know, pull up at a motel, park underground, etc. Not have to worry about slugging a trailer around. Final question. And it, it's, it, this is, you know, I always say this is the question that everybody wants to hear the answer to. But it's just so predictable what you're going to say when I ask you this question that it's almost <laughs> a stupid point of me asking you. But that question is, what has been your all-time favourite model? What has been yeah. my all-time Out of everything that you've owned, what has been your, your favourite model? I've got to say the F-18 Hornet. Really? Oh, F-18 I, Hornet. I thought I, you were going to say owned- the Sukhoi. Well, it's well when you said bean, like it's in the past, it has always been the Hornet. So now, right now, Sukhoi uh, SU thirty hands down, but still the uh, Hornet. As I said, I purchased one, the uh, Skymaster, and uh, uh, built it, had it weathered, etc. Quite a lot of money into it, but you know, I um, it was just too much money to have had lying around. And I had the opportunity to sell it. Um, certainly didn't make my money back, but you know. I can put my uh, time and effort into the 30 now, but just always had a passion for Hornets, always. And uh, they are a challenge to fly. And, and you know, whoever's got a Hornet and still flying it after five, ten years, you know, hats off to them because yeah. they're, they're a certain – you've got to work. That's you certainly got to work to keep them flying. Well, I'm just uh, surprised. Uh, you know, we went and I went a number of episodes where people didn't start creating new categories for that question because it's always like the all-time favourite. And you've now created another category, which is planes that you've had in the past, yeah, and then also planes that you currently have. So, congratulations on creating a new category. It's against <laughs> the rules, so you won't get the Oscar. Um, no, that's Will it. Smith I won't guess be it's happy. a plane that sort of it. Uh, you know, I, I crashed one. I crashed the uh, yellow aircraft one. Um, but it's sort of, it's just that challenge factor again, you know, it's sort of, uh, it bet me and I'd love to take it up one day again. If they make a, a next size up Hornet one day, I might, uh, might consider grabbing one. But at this stage right now, the SU-30 is just, you know, it's just a different level. It's incredible. It's awesome. Well, Mark, it's been a pleasure to have a chat with you and find out more about your, uh, flying model, flying activities and, uh, and, Sure. And aviation in general, uh, I will be seeing you this weekend. And as I said, I've said a number of times now, this episode is coming out after the Wang Jet, so I'll give everybody a report and there will be a video. And I will Definitely. get some video footage of Mark flying his amazing Sukhoi. Big thank you for joining me. Big thank you for building the Sukhoi and, uh, and sharing it with all of us so we can all uh, enjoy the investment that you've made. So big thank you, Mark. Oh, thank you. And thank you for having us on the uh, podcast. Um, and looking forward to seeing you at Wang this weekend. About to leave, already packing. Come with me, I'm not really asking. We'll get away to 
a place where we don't know. Another episode of the Flat Out RC podcast done and dusted. That means I can go to bed now and have a rest after a great Wang Jets event. Big thanks to Mark Taddy for joining me on the podcast. It was good to, f- to, to learn more. As I always say, everybody's got a story and I love learning about people's stories. And there's people that I know but maybe not know that well. You know, we see each other maybe in passing and flying events and different flying clubs and, and sitting down this podcast really gives me that opportunity to get to know these people more and also share their story. So I love doing this as I always say and uh, I went around the Wang Jets event lining people up so uh, for the podcast recording so I've got a few few willing participants so stay tuned. You can't get rid of me that quickly. Thanks for joining uh, the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. Flat Out RC Instagram page, YouTube channel. Keep an eye out for the Wang Jets video that is coming out. If it's not out already, it will be out very, very shortly. So keep an eye on it. Get on board with the Flat Out RC movement. Thanks for joining me. I'll be back again next week. Now looking back, eyes on the freeway, Bonnie and Clyde, a classic cliche. We're on the run. This is what we waited for.